May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. risen Hallelujah. Have you ever been to Oakland Cemetery in uh, Atlanta, right here on Memorial Drive? Have you seen the, the tomb that has all the golf balls by it? You know who that is? It's uh, Bobby Jones, right? The great golfer. People go out there and they put golf balls by his tomb because that's how they remember him. That's what they think of. Uh, this one's not in Oakland Cemetery, but somewhere out there, there is a tombstone and the epitaph reads, that's all, folks. You want to guess whose that is? Mel Blanc, the, the great voice actor that did, what, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and, and yes, Porky Pig. Or how about Rodney Dangerfields? Have you seen his, the self-deprecating comedian? There goes the neighborhood. I think you wanted to be known for, for the humor, right? Or, or Leslie Nielsen, he, he, the, the, the more of a slapstick comedy guy, he has on his kind of a play off of the old rest in peace, one last flatulence joke, let her rip. But... <laughs> It's not just the funny ones, right? The tombstones say something. Think about maybe the the most famous tombstone in Atlanta, down at the Martin Luther King Jr. historical site. Have you seen his tombstone? What, What does that say about him? Well, first of all, his name, Martin Luther King Jr., instead of his given name, which was Michael King, because when his dad went to Germany and and studied. He came back with such great respect for what Martin Luther did, turning the church and the world back to God's word, that that he changed his own name and his son's. So that name on that tombstone does say something about the importance of of the word. But but then the epitaph as well proclaims to everyone who sees the, the joy and freedom of a Christian gone home to heaven. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Tombstones say something. So, what do you want on yours? What's yours going to say? What, what do people associate with you? What do you want to be your lasting memory? I'll make it a little bit easier. It's Mother's Day, right? And some, some today are celebrating moms who are, are rejoicing with the angels in, in heaven right now. Has there ever been a tombstone that, that a- adequately captured what mom meant? You know, loving mother doesn't quite... I think of my mom, and she's alive. She doesn't have a tombstone yet. But, but, but that would never catch all that she does and did for me or, or what my wife does for our kids. So how would you sum up you? What do you want on your tombstone? While you're thinking about that, look at our reading from Acts today. As we meet this woman who dies, that, to be honest, we don't really know a whole lot about. Look at what we know. Her name is Tabitha, a.k.a. Dorcas. Both mean gazelle. But that doesn't give us much. She's got a pretty name. What else? 
Well, Luke tells us she was a, a disciple or, or a learner, someone who studies, who, who, a follower of Jesus. And then she got sick and she died. And then Peter's brought into the picture, and, and the people there want to introduce Peter to, to Dorcas, but she's dead. So look at what they do. They show him what she was all about. Verse 39, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And can, can you picture that scene? One after another, Peter, look at this. Look at what she made for me. Look at what she gave me. Look at how good she was to me. Luke sums it up with this. She was always doing good and helping the poor. She lived love. That's what she was known for. Doing loving things. Being love for others. Not for the money or for the credit because, I mean, it was the widows and the poor people she was helping. You, you don't make much off of that. She did it because that's just who she was. That's how they remembered her. She lived love. Now granted, she didn't get a tombstone quite yet because, of course, Jesus' miraculous power over death came in there and, and broke up the whole funeral. But while she was dead, it was clear what her life had been. So now, back to the question. About her, you would say she lived love. What will they say about you? Think of your funeral. What are they going to say at your funeral? <clears throat> if it's me doing your funeral, they're going to hear more about Jesus than they are about you because that's the only thing that makes a funeral bearable. But when they do talk about you, what will they say? And take away the thing that, that everybody does. You know, once someone dies, we kind of sugarcoat everything. Um, but, but, but what if they were honest? Would it, would it be a, a highlight reel for, like it was for, for Dorcas or more of a, a horror flick? Because if I'm honest, I know what scenes I remember in my life. They could talk about the relationships that I've wrecked or damaged because of my fear or my pride. They could talk about the, the, the people that, that needed a certain kind of support and, and, and I didn't get it, give it and, and so it, it, it kind of put a wedge in, in the relationship with their church or even with God. I mean, that's awful. They could list words spoken in anger or frustration They, they could show the, the good deeds done for the wrong reasons. I kind of hope they don't. And I'm pretty certain you'd rather not have an honest rendering of, of your life at your funeral either when you think of all the sin. But notice what Jesus does to a scene like this. Because of Jesus, you are more than your sin. I'm more than, than just my failures. Right? Think of what changed the scene here in Joppa from 
bad to good, from, from a time of, of mourning to a time of celebration, from remembering to rejoicing. Well, the power of Jesus showed up. The, the resurrection from the dead. Peter got there, he prayed, God answered his prayer, and Tabitha was brought back to life so that she could keep living, which meant she could keep loving because that was her. She lived love. And the power of Jesus changes your life and your death. He shed his blood to wipe away all the stain of your sin. He was destroyed to heal all of the destruction that, that our failures cause. He died to give you life. And that life, God's word tells us today, is marked by love. You heard it in every reading, right? Jesus in the gospel lesson said this, this is my command love each other. You heard it in the second reading from, from 1 John. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. When we know God's love, not only are our sins of lacking love forgiven, but our lives of living love are motivated, inspired, we live so that we can love. Back to the, the, the first John reading. We love because he first loved us. And think about it. When, when Dorcas was given life and she was able to love more, what happened? Well, more people saw God's love. That's how they found out about Jesus. Friends, you've been given that new life too. You've been given the, the opportunity to live love. There's a great passage from the Apostle Paul when he was summing up his life. If you wanted to give Paul a tombstone, this passage might, might be what you'd find on it. He, he wrote this. He wrote, you, you probably know it, for to me to live is, yeah, I'm sure you know what fills in the blank there, but, but before we go there, what, what would you put in your blank? Paul said, for to me to live is Christ, right? That is the most important thing. That's what dictates every other decision and every other activity. For me to live is Christ. That's what Paul said. Is that what people would say when they look at us? Or might there be some other things that sometimes fill in the blank? For to me to live is, is family. That's important. It's a wonderful gift. For to me to live is my career. Or adulation, so that, so that everybody likes me. Is that what, what determines how I make my decisions and, and, and how I spend my time? You see, any of those things that, that we put in the blank, if it's not Christ, any of those things fail, even though they're good. Family, job, love, I mean, it's good stuff. But if that's what we put in the blank as, this is what I'm all about, they will disappoint because they are not perfect. They are not complete. They fail, especially when you consider how Paul finished that passage. For to me to live is Christ, he said, but to die is gain. Think about that. Anything else that goes up in that spot, when I die, I lose it, right? I lose my connection to, to my family or, or to uh, uh, my career or, or anything else. I lose my opportunities to do those things here. 
But if Christ is in that blank, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I gain Christ. I get to be with him forever. And, and that then puts all the other gifts in their proper place and their proper perspective so that we can say, for to me, to live is Christ, which means to die is gain. So, so this connection with Christ changes our death. It makes it gain, but it also changes our life and makes that gain, makes that love so that our lives can be described like Tabitha. She lived love. I love being here in this room. You know why? Because wherever you look, you can see Jesus' love. You see the effects of Jesus' love. I mean, look look at the artwork. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see Jesus' love, right? He died to give me life. And and he he lives to give me life in in the gift of baptism, right? In in that window or or the font, in in feeding my faith with the Lord's Supper in in the window or, or the altar, in the Word. You look around and you see effects of God's love everywhere, Especially when you're here. Because I look around and I see love. I see people that God has so filled with love that, that what you, you, you dedicate your time to help feed the kids in our community with the summer lunch program, which is actually starting up soon. I see people who, who live love by by, by making quilts, not just for their pastor, but, uh, but for people who are going through rough times in life. I, I see people who live by supporting, giving support and supplies to, to moms who, are in the, uh, who have kids in the NICU. I see people who live love by caring for one another with that, that phone call or the one you haven't seen in a while, with the, the smile or the hug when you do see them, the Facebook message, the, the word of encouragement, the text. I see the effects of Jesus' love when I look at a, a group of people who, who happily come out to a work day yesterday to, to make this place presentable so that more people can come and hear about God's love. People who, who invite their friends and neighbors and family members to come and hear about God's love because you, you love them, them that much. You live love. And that does something. Look at what happened in Joppa. Verse 42. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. God has brought us together as a church so that people can see God's love, so that people can learn of God's love, so that people can believe in the Lord and his love. May God make us that church that demonstrates his love in every way. May God make each of you, each of us, those individuals that live love so that we have opportunities, so that we can reach out and invite people to come and hear about God's love. People that that come here so that we get filled up with God's love so we can go out there and live that love so that we can invite people to come here and be filled up with God's love. So, So then, no matter whether it says it on your tombstone or not, everyone will know she lived love.
God grant it in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace